This is Retirement Talk. I'm Del Lowry. January 1st is when most of us make lists, at least many of us. We don't look at our entire life. Rather, we look at the new year. We try to get something going in the first week or the first month. I've never been good at making these kind of lists. Stop smoking or drinking, read a bit more, plant a garden, go out to lunch once a month, once a week, or whatever. All of the above may be very important. It's always seemed to me that these kind of things need to be made on a daily basis. They will not wait for the beginning of another year. It's the first kind of list that interests me, the kind where you look at your entire life, the kind John Goddard made. My life list. That was the heading of an article I read about in Life magazine many years ago. John Goddard made a list when just a boy and then went about accomplishing 109 of the 127 goals he had set. He traveled to exotic places, he wrote books, he studied primitive cultures, he explored underwater, he climbed mountains, he learned to play instruments, he did all sorts of stuff. It very much impressed me. It was like making New Year's resolutions. Only this was a one-time deal for your entire life. I used to have my students make a 10-year list. I asked them to think ahead 10 years and try to conceive of what they might like to have achieved in this limited time span. They tried to arrive at 100 things. From age 18 to 28 are pretty important years in a person's life. Change is the norm. Pack your bags and go away. Where? That's the question. Become a student. Become a Marine. Become a lover. Become one thing or another. Settle in your hometown. Settle a long way from home. This is the time for choosing careers and life partners. Students thought about their lives in the long term, long for them. No, it doesn't seem long to us who are now retired, but 10 years was more than half the time they had lived up to that point. These students then put the letter into an envelope and addressed it to someone whom they thought had a good chance of being there in 10 years. Maybe an aunt or uncle or perhaps a neighbor. Someone who had a good chance of knowing where they might be in 10 years. Then they put three or four stamps on the envelope and left it with me. It went into a bundle of letters wrapped with a note to mail in 1978 or 79 or 1988 or 1998. Ten years after they wrote it, I would mail it. The goal, of course, was to get them to think seriously about what they wanted their lives to be like. It was intended to encourage at least a modicum of thought that might help them make daily decisions. I'm not sure it had much effect. They did enjoy making the list. I remember one student put a $20 bill into the envelope, said he might need it more then than he did now. Of course, I mailed the letters. And, of course, some of them were returned to me, unopened. I've often wondered what happened to these students and what real effect, if any, the letters had.
for students that got the letters. In the spring of 1972, my wife and I sat down in our living room and each came up with our own list. It was amazing what we learned about each other. It made each of us conscious to some of the desires of the other, some of which we could help fulfill with relative ease. My personal list of 100 things grew over the years. The list now lies in the back of the drawer of my desk. I haven't looked at it in years. What was significant about the list of resolutions or desires for change is that many of them were completed as if by accident the last time I looked. On rare occasion, I would come across the list. I would notice that many of the items had, indeed, been accomplished. It was like they'd been achieved almost without effort or intent. Perhaps the list had become internalized. I was always a bit surprised. I'm going to go back here. In the spring of 1972, my wife and I sat down in our living room and each came up with our own list. It was amazing what we learned about each other. It made each of us conscious of some of the desires of the other, some of which we could help fulfill with relative ease. My personal list of 100 things grew over the years. The list lies in the back of the drawer of my desk. On rare occasion, I come across the list. I always notice that many of the items listed had indeed been accomplished. It was like they'd been achieved almost without effort or intent. Perhaps the list had become internalized. I was always a bit surprised, but it felt good to see that more goals had been met. What was just as interesting were the items on the list that were not achieved or what one might call failures. I would sometimes look down the list, hoping for new directions or goals that might rejuvenate my aging mind into action of some sort. It's never happened. Things that I really wanted to do have been done. Other things no longer seem worthwhile or desirable. I suppose I could be upset at myself for this and think about how I have failed and never met those youthful goals, but it never happens. Goals shift as one grows older. I suppose that is as it should be. It doesn't seem reasonable that youthful goals would still be controlling or guiding us as we grow older. Retirement might be a good time to write out another list. The new year might be a good time to sit down and think a bit about where we are going and what we are doing with the rest of our lives. Retirement certainly narrows the time frame for such action. It should make the job a whole lot easier. This is Retirement Talk. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, contact Dell at Retirement Talk dot org.